This is Robert Clotworthy, the narrator of The Curse of Oak Island, and I have a question for you. Could it be that you are listening to The Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream? This is a top pocket find, mate, for sure. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Curse of Oak Island and Beyond live stream. I'm your host, Jeff Freeman, and tonight, another full house. We got Dale Kearney. John Edwards and Colin Jameson. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. Uh, so tonight we're going to be talking about the Curse of Oak Island uh, episode that was on last night, which is your, of course, uh, season nine, episode number 12, um, which was the silver liner. And I guess I'm thinking we're about halfway through the season. Everybody's thinking, oh, is this it? We're all done there. You know, no, 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 no. We got a lot more to go. And that was something that Colin and I were just talking about in the uh, in the pre-show meeting, uh, the fact that, you know, he knows the timeline because he was out there in his boat taking pictures. And at about, what was it, what were you saying, Colin, about September time frame is about where we're at in the show right now or just before that? Yeah, right at the very end of August and the very beginning of first couple of days of September at that, on that one there. So mm-hmm. we got a, we got a long ways to, it's got a long ways to go because they weren't, uh, they weren't pulling cans and stuff out to the end of October. Right. So and Dale Carney. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So there's, there's months left of activity going on. Yeah. And Dale, you were out there at one point. So you know that uh, they were still, well, I don't know if we're allowed to say, but <laughs> you were out there uh, toward the end, I think like in almost November, weren't it? Something like that. Yeah, November I was down. Yeah. So we, we know they got a lot more filming to do. So, but I was kind of thinking, man, you know, here they are. They're, you know, they're, you know, finishing up in the swamp. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But then again, um, they got a lot more. I mean, and and uh, somebody that I just recently talked to that's been on the island uh, kind of indicated the best is to come. Uh, I know that some mm. of the episodes that we've just seen have been kind of, you know, <laughs> mm, but they said <laughs> it's coming. So, uh, but we know the cans are coming out. We saw that, right? And we're going to talk about that too. Are they alluding to the uh, uh, next uh, um, next week's episode? Uh, cans coming out. So we got some cool stuff happening. I wanted to give a shout out to some of the people showing up here. Court Lindahl is also watching. Court, we, hey, Court. We were having a little bit of a, a little meeting this evening with Court, John, and I um, because he's. He's got a lot of information about uh, a, per- a particular segment of the show that was on last night that we're going to be talking about tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has some insights, some research that he's done that he's shared with us. He said we're allowed to we're allowed to use it, so we're allowed to talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. And we, if we fumble around with it too much, Court's going to have to call in, and we'll have to have him on. And talk <laughs> <about> <laughs> so. Um, all right, so let's see who else we got here. Tom Burns, of course, is out there. He's helping out, working, doing his moderation job. Thank you, Tom and Jan Thanks, and Linda, Tom. for all the hard work you guys do. There's Jack Campbell. We got a great crowd already tonight, man. Thank you guys for coming by tonight. And uh, one thing I was going to ask of my uh, co-host tonight: help me with the chat, you guys. If you, I don't know what y'all you can see. You can only see, I think, just the Streamyard side. But if you see anybody with an answer, because I I miss so many of them. I really do. And I hate that because I don't want to miss somebody's good input questions or, or things like that. So help me with that. If you see a good comment or a question, please, you know, let me know right away and I'll bring it up so we can, we can talk about it. 
Sue Jameson is here. Hi, Sue. It's my mom. Hi, mom. Yeah. Greetings <laughs> <laughs> from Halifax. <laughs> Jeff, I, if I could throw put a throw out. One thing I, I love to see is where people are from. So even if it's kind of going, like, because you see people from outside of the country and yeah. all over the world. So whoever's watching, you can kind of stick in where you're, what part of the planet you're at would be awesome. We get uh, Anne Marie shows up from, uh, you know, from over in Germany. And it's like, whew, man, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, up late. I'm in Halifax. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Tara said, Colin, I thought your pictures uh, that the big cans. Um, and here, I'm going to bring it up here real quick. Let's see. I got to scroll back. Oh, yeah, I said about the big, they're all kind of there at the same time. And, and uh, to Jeff's point, we were kind of, we kind of have a little chat before the show gets going mm -hmm. and uh, firing on timelines. So like last night's episode and they said, you know, well, we're going to have to shut it down now. It's kind of like we kind of slowly, like they still end up working there for a couple of weeks on the excavator. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was about September 12th or the 14th. They had a lot on the go. Like they were setting up the big crane and the money pit. They were still doing, we were still speculating what happened over in the Smith's Cove side. They had the sonic yeah. drill rig over there. They were yep. drilling a hole. There was a barge. They were doing divers off of the <laughs> south side of the island off money pit, which we haven't seen in the episode yet. They were mm -hmm. doing something. Yep. And they were getting all the uh, the pump equipment because I think, uh, Jeff, I'd sent you some pictures. Maybe we'll stick up later. Mm -hmm. I've been the swamp of what the big uh, water transfer pumps and the big hoses. So they were starting to get all that set up for, uh, for yep. pumping up into the pit. So I think the can started around the end of September. That's when the yep. can started going in. So. And you figure from the end of September until the end of the season, you know, like I said, we got probably at least 10, 12 more episodes. Oh, we're yeah. going to be covering a lot of stuff you know it's yeah. all going to be kind of concentrated i think about around the money pit so man mm -hmm. i mean we were we probably got some really great stuff coming um yeah. around the uh the money pit area so yeah. uh richard brooks <laughs> hey richard uh from the uh, crisp northern michigan yes well i'm, I'm going to be up there in a couple weeks um uh, i'm going to when i pass by i'm going to wave as i go by but uh, I'm, I'm actually going up to the UP here in a couple of weeks uh, for the weekend. And I'm going to do a little, uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to do a little live from up there. Maybe we'll see. It won't be Oak Island so much, but uh, anyway, I kind of want to show you guys where I'm going to be um, when I'm up there. So we got an Ireland in there. I love the overseas stuff. I think that's super fantastic. I know. Ireland is here watching. I saw Ireland, yeah. Watching oh Jeff's live stream. Harbor from the Barbary Coast. Uh, well, you know, maybe, uh, Woken one said, I hope I'm wrong. And, but his opinion, he saying thinks the fellowship could be jumping the gun by sending cans down in the money pit. Uh, well, or do they, you know, you're saying they may not, I think they have, I don't think they would be jumping the gun. I don't think they'd be putting the cans down if they weren't pretty doggone sure. Well, they would have to have some collaborative data to be doing that. And they're not going to throw, you know, money down the tubes like that. Well, yeah. They got, they got uh, the, no. uh, the water samples with the gold and, and kind of yep. shrunk it down. That, I think uh, Steve's got that all mapped out perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> right to yeah. the freaking dot. Yep. And, and of course, where a chamber of secrets perhaps is. So, you know, yeah. you know kind of where the sink the can. Yep. That was the Awoken one that said from Ireland. I did not know mm -hmm. that the Awoken one was from in Ireland. Wow. <laughs> Thank you uh, for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. 
I did not know that you were from Ireland. Um, used to pen at the museum when I had the gold exhibit. Uh, we used ta uh, tailings from a uh, Novus mine. We found tiny specks in the bottom. So, yes, it's possible to pen the muck. Hmm. So, wait a minute. Are you guys saying this was an ancient mining operation going on in Oak Island? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just saying, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying there's a possibility that you could find gold up there, you know, the little flakes, you know, like to uh, another thing, too, is they may have found stuff and just not put it in the video to watch on TV. They may not say it. anything until close to the end. Right. So you don't know if they are finding stuff in the in the boreholes. They may just show not what they don't find. Yep. That's why I always look at. Yeah, we, we know that they don't show us everything. I mean, there's no. So you never know what they're going to what they found. Because yep. they may just wait till later episodes. Uh, Roni, not even halfway through the season. They can't exactly. show. You, you can't show right. the right. Yeah, you, 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 on day yeah. one. No, you can't get no. the money shot just yet. So, not until the end. See. So, so Jeff, you got somebody walking their dog and watching you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Now, how that's got to be on the cell phone, I would imagine. Minus so, six yeah. Fahrenheit wind chill. Ooh. Wow. Uh, I did want to say too, right, right here while at the beginning of the show. Um, that, uh, you know, we had our Carmen leg, uh, Carmen leg was on last Saturday and it was so much fun. And Carmen is such a wonderful guy. What the, what great information and stories he had to share with us. I thought it was really great. He was having a little bit of internet like he does. He's out in the, where he lives. He doesn't have great internet. So he just called in. Um, we put up his picture and a couple other pictures and he called in, but it was still a lot of fun. We had a great time with him. If you haven't seen that, you can still check it out. It's on our Facebook uh, page. It's also on YouTube, so you can check that out anytime. But that one was a lot of fun. Uh, and then tomorrow night, Tom Burns and I, we're going to be recapping uh, episode number one and episode number four of Beyond Oak Island. Um, episode number four was on last night. And that is, um, so we're going to be recapping that. And we have a special guest if you watch hmm. that show at the beginning of the episode one, about the three thirty mark, three minutes and thirty seconds mark, um, we had a, uh, a special guest was on. Uh, Robert Westrick was on, and he was, you know, uh, sitting there, and they had him on camera, and he was giving a lot of information about the seventeen fifteen fleet. So we had we re uh, Linda and them they reached out to him uh, Jan and asked if he would come on and he was more than happy to come on so he's going to be here recapping that with us and this man has got so much information at fleet and what happened to it what they were doing in the first place where they were going um mm -hmm. so that's going to be interesting so really looking forward to that so join us that's tomorrow at 7:30 Tom Burns and I uh it's going to be beyond Oak Island talking about episodes 1 and 4 1515 fleet we're going to go through though and then we're going to get a lot of insights from robert so that's going to be awesome uh really looking forward to that um and then nothing going on this coming saturday uh matter of fact until next wednesday we're going to do you know the recap of episode 13 next wednesday and then there won't be anything for a little bit uh and i'll be leaving out of town uh going up to the i-500 snowmobile race up in michigan in the up so well, what's up you have are you racing I know. <laughs> I, would, I would. I don't know. I'm probably too old for that now. I don't know. So there's some some uh, guys older than I that uh, still race that 500 miles. Wow. On a big oval track. So what was that, John? Jeff, Jeff, we do have something coming up this Sunday, I believe. 
Oh, yes, we do. I'm sorry. Yes, 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 we do. Beyond Our World with John Edwards and I. Thank you for that reminder. (laughs) Uh, John Edwards and I will be doing Beyond Our World, and we have special guest now, believe it or not, Court Lindahl. Court Lindahl, I mean, not only does he have all this research about, uh, you know, the Founding Fathers and the Beale and and tonight's (laughs) stuff we're going to be talking about. Yes. He also has paranormal and uh, UFO type related and reptilian creatures. Uh, let's not get yeah, all just... <laughs> we'll just leave it. He's got some interesting stuff he's going to be talking about. So, man, I, yeah. So that's what, what what time is it? Go ahead. Seven seven to um, eight thirty. Yeah. On on Sunday, and we'll have court from seven to eight ish. Yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for the reminder on that. So yeah, Court Lindell on Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern is when we're getting started. And then we'll go as long as... We'll go 8.39 as long as they want to go. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So much to talk about there to get things rolling. Again, thank you guys for being here tonight. And thanks for my co-host. So let's get started with episode number 12, The Silver Liner. Um, Get my pictures up here. So there we go with the uh, uh, Oak Island and uh, kind of looking down on the money pit there. Now, you know, starting off on this particular episode, they um, they were out there at the money pit. And if you remember the last couple of weeks, they were at AB 13. And then um, last week was a, uh, a 13. I think it was a 13. They're moving in like two and a half foot increments around that um, and punching those holes in there. And uh, this week they were at. AB 13.5, which is again two and a half feet away from uh where they were. They're trying to follow. Remember it when they had a couple weeks ago, they punched at AB 13 and they hit that uh chamber. It had to be some sort of a chamber or a tunnel or something, and all that water and air was popping up out of there. I mean, just shooting the water was just coming out of there, you know, three feet high, popping up out of that pipe. Um hmm which obviously indicates that they hit some sort of a, you know, I thought of like puncturing a water balloon and it was just shooting up through there, all that air and water coming out. Um, So they were kind of trying to follow along there, follow that and see, you know, what are they in a chamber or what's going on? Um, So that was the idea of this two and a half feet moving over two and a half feet each time. Um, So they were out there, Terry and Charles were out there and they were doing AB 13.5. Uh, they were thinking initially that they were looking for that offset chamber that you've seen Marty talk about. And Marty, he kind of holds his fist up talking about this being the chamber and then this this tunnel leading up to it to where it would be up off above sea level. So it wouldn't get flooded when the when the uh, flood uh, tunnels flooded the uh, uh, the money pit. So it would be up out of on dry ground. That was the idea behind this. That's what they thought they were chasing. It could still be. Um so that's what they were going here. Um, they did bring up a couple core samples. They had one about 18 feet, and it was just nothing but uh, uh, solid. He called it solid, dense, blue-gray till. Um, they hope to find their offset chamber approximately 65 to 70 feet. Alex shows up. Uh, they, they get another core sample, 18 to 28 feet. Again, nothing really to see there. Uh, then they get another sample about 77 feet, and this is when Craig shows up out there. And again, they really didn't uh, find anything. So what happened was, and, and what I, oh, I grabbed this picture because Dan Hensky, we don't, how many, we don't get to see Dan a lot uh, on the island uh, these days. So it's really cool to see Dan Hensky out there uh, working with the guys. So, you know, kudos to Dan for, for being out there with them. Um, but again, they, they had no artifacts. 
nothing really to talk of. They did not hit a tunnel again in this particular borehole. Um, it was a complete miss. Now, a miss can awful, always tell you things, too, that you've gone off just off of the edge of it. So, okay, that miss means, okay, now go two and a half feet in a different direction and see if you hit it. So you, you need that because you've got to follow a path, right? If you don't follow a path then you know, or, or you, once you follow that, you hit it, you got, you know, a chamber again, you remember it dropped like seven feet when that drill went down in the ground, when it got to what it was at 60 or so 65, something like that. Yep. Yep. It yep. dropped about seven feet. So, but this time they didn't hit anything. So honestly, the whole money pit thing was eh, nothing to really see here, but yet it does help them because it tells them that they, um, uh that they that they did not hit it so don't go any more that direction go back another direction and keep going so all right dana's here hi dana dana showed up made it all right um let's see oh you uh <laughs> yeah yeah, wouldn't that be like Dan Hensky just to show you how Tom said? Wouldn't that be just like Dan Hensky to just stroll by into the money pit for more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So then from there, uh, the show jumps over to lot four. And lot four, you've got uh, um, Gary Drayton, of course, and Peter and David Frenetti. Um, and this is looking at lot four from, I guess this would be the north side of the island. What is that roughly? northeast side of the island angle wise because you see the causeway over here on the back side so yeah um yeah, yeah. so um so lot four and uh so there it is there and mm -hmm. looking at lot four that's where they are they were working along the beach um and they got a hit uh the first thing they dug up was a piece of pop can or something like that i think it was aluminum yeah. uh no big deal there something that just washed up um there's the guys, Peter and David Frenetti. Um, so then they're they're moved over a little bit and they're doing some work, and then they come across this piece of copper um, plating. Um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about this thing. Um, we saw it. You know, uh, there's a lot of people talking about it in the in the uh, chat today mm -hmm. on the uh, on the Facebook group, uh, Oak Island and Beyond Facebook group. There was a lot of chat about a particular piece. We don't really know for sure, um, you know, where it came from. And I don't know. I, and again, I'm not, a, a, I don't work with metals. So I don't know if there's any way to tell, like with lead, they can take the isotopes and find out, you know, basically where the lead was mined from, like they did with the cross uh, and came up with South France. Um, but I don't think you can do that with copper. I, I really don't know. Um, so, uh yeah it was that's what somebody said oh pam block said it was great to see the frenetti brothers working uh on the island and i think so too that was really cool uh gail jocelyn graham um how much uh are we being led down a, some path if we didn't know the story would we be doing this would they would we be doing the same story i, I i'm not sure exactly what you mean by you know are you talking about prometheus kind of taking us in a particular direction you know, maybe. Um, but then we get over to the uh, research center. I'm sorry, were, some, were you going to say something? 
Oh. No, no. I'd say it was mm-hmm. that, that that piece was found on the beach. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's kind of one of these, it's an Oak Island artifact that come from somewhere. I was else. just looking up to see if they could date it. There is a way to date it, but I don't know if they're gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, it really could. And that's a and that's a thing. We, you know, they did take over, uh, take it over to uh, uh the research center and had Carmen come out and Carmen got a look at it. Um, and again, I just had Carmen on the show on last Saturday, um, and he couldn't talk about this because they hadn't aired it yet. Um, but, you know, he looked it over and he was, he, again, um, using his expertise and speculating where it could be, uh, where it could be, you know, where it could have come from. Um, you know, in his opinion, it looked like because the way it was folded, it has the little nail holes in it and stuff. Um, his opinion was that it was part of a uh, around the outside edges of a box to to um to protect the box or hold it together mm-hmm. um could be some people were saying oh maybe that's from a roof uh and it blew off from a hurricane or something like that it was in the water blew up on the beach it could be awful but it's awful weather too from the from being floating around and moving around and yeah. mm-hmm. you never know what it could be yeah it does look pretty old in my opinion but again how long ago did they use copper on a roof i mean i would have been or from an know. old building or it could have been floating like i said it could be just weathered yeah well, you gotta remember like everyone that was on a ship they weren't carrying around louis vuitton leather handbags and stuff <laughs> yeah, right. yeah yeah true story. Exactly. Every, everything would be coming in a in a chest a box or a barrel right yep. yeah and any any heavy equipment would come it'd be reinforced with some type of metal and this which makes sense the guy said carmen I mean, he is the super expert on this stuff, said yep. this would be reinforced in a box. Now, it's nice to dream and say, well, maybe it was a box of treasure. Hey, maybe it was. Yep. But I mean, every single person from, you know, the British to sailing boats to there's just there's so many different scenarios that could be. It's certainly. And old. you're in a shipping and you're in a shipping area, too. Yep. Yeah. It's, so it could be anything. Yeah. Well, Jeff, Jeff the Awakened one makes an excellent comment, and and it, it's Carmen was on the ball again with a bit, bit of copper, and it's amazing. Uh, Carmen thinks it date back to the 11th century. The 11th century is a is one of the dates that we tend to discuss here, because again, it's the, the height of Templarism, you know. So it, the fact it could date back that far, and it's a could, um, mm-hmm. does fit into so many time frames and so many so many narratives that have been built about the island. So I just thought that was a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty insightful. And yeah, it, it yeah. goes back to shipwrecks and you know yep. boats and you know the boats that did crash or, or crash or sunk. You know they had mm-hmm. stuff on them and you know so it's not, it's not out of the realm to have no old pieces of metal washed up in the beach and and it was clearly they just went it was sitting on the rocks they picked it out. It was, yeah, it wasn't yeah. deep underneath. It was actually laying right there yeah. on top. Yeah, they weren't digging a hole up in up in the woods on the island. That would right. be a little bit of a different story. This one, or could know, it have blown off from the building on the island onto the beach? It's it's possible. Could be something else. Yeah, it's it's possible. Could be anything. I mean, I do I do kind of fall back on and Carmen's expertise on it, but you know, again, oh, yeah. you know, uh, he admitted there's been a couple times that he was he was wrong, um, you know, about something. You know, he said not very often, but he's there's been a couple times where he got it wrong, and he admitted that on the show on Saturday. But uh, so anyway, but interesting, uh, you know, piece for sure. Um, it looks like somebody. Uh, let's see, copper. Oh, this is Amy said uh, copper mines are recorded. 
they can be traced to a particular area. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hard to say how far down they'll spend chasing that one down, but I think she also mentioned about copper sheeting was used on on uh, oak construction, and that's true. That's, mm -hmm. that's very true. That is true. Yep. yep. It's yep needs to be tested if they can. And again, I don't know that if that can that kind of stuff can. There be is tested. a test you can do on it, but okay. Yeah. Like uh, you know, I was thinking like the lead, you know, but uh, copper has been in use for nine thousand years. Um, let's see, that was Cat at Fulton. Uh, yep. Let's see, Tom Burns said, "I think, I think it washed uh, out of the ground, shore erosion, and could have floated in, in attached to a piece of wood at some time." Yeah, it was definitely attached to a piece of wood. It looks like because you see the holes in it, you know. And again, I'll whoops, I'll bring the, uh, I'll bring that picture back up. Well, that's that that side of the island they found it on was where all the old, um, you know, we've proven that there's old uh, ship wharfs, cribbing uh -huh. structures, sure. and a lot of the stuff they're pulling all the wood out of the um, out of the swamp. Uh -huh. You know, beyond a reasonable doubt, I think everyone can agree they're from a boats, you know, varying boats of different of uh -huh. different sorts. But it goes back to did those originate from the island? Did they blow in from somewhere else? Were they crashed and wrecked there? Were they doing repairs? But Right. Yep. Um, let me pop this back so I'm not covering up John there. <laughs> uh, Carmen mentioned the impurities in it. Yes, he did. He definitely did. And that would be indication of being older uh, if yes. it did have those impurities, I would yeah. think. Um, let's see. Yeah, copper is uh, uh, expensive still today and used in house sheathing is unlikely. Yeah. Not in today's world. You're right. I don't I think you're right there. Um, let's see. Um, uh, I'm with, I'm with Linda, Linda's post. I doubt these coppers were spending the resource to find out where it's from. So, yeah. Yeah. True. Yep. Uh, oh, Craig, Craig Hammond over here says, hi, Jeff, a former Uper Iron River. Uh, now living in Lawton, Oklahoma. Wow. Well, wow. here I am living in Pennsylvania. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I like I said, I'm going back up. But uh, um, let's see. Copper. I've been uh, cap off one of the piling of a dock. Yes. It would have been dock That's area. True. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Jeff, that was one of the viewers asked. That was found on lot four, correct? Yes. It was yes, found yes. on the okay. beach. Uh, along the beach there on lot, on lot four. four. Yes. Yep. Uh, that nail has a round head. Oh, well, it does kind of look like it. Let me bring the picture back up. Hmm. Yeah, and it's a round hole too. That would be indication of not being so old, wouldn't it? Hmm. I don't know. Karma did talk about the fact that it was crudely made. Uh, the bending and everything was pretty rough. Uh, they didn't spend a lot of time really making it um, really nice. You know, it would have been, if it was on a box, it would have been a lower end, uh, like a regular Siemens box or something, not somebody that was uh, um, had a lot of, uh, had the nicer stuff, I guess, yeah. to say. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. A lot of stuff. Uh, there's all this chat going by. I've already missed some. Wow. No, 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 no. It's just a lot. That's why I need your help, guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If, John, you mentioned you asked about that. You just, what you do is try clicking on one and see I, if it pops up. I, I, nope, nope. Nothing's happening. Okay. Well, Tom, Tom Burns said it looks like a shingle nail. 
perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was I was just thinking that. Or somebody said it looks like a pop rivet. That's Darlene. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Tom said uh shingle nail. So who knows? We'll find out. Hopefully we'll get more information on it. We don't know if that's gonna come up or not again, but uh uh, hopefully we'll get more information on it. Hmm. Um, but then uh, in the, <laughs> that's a great shot of Marty, huh? <laughs> right in the middle of the <laughs> so I just, I just snapped that one. It got him at a bad moment there, but um, so we, we got, we're going to stay in the research center. Now we're going to move over to uh, when Marty was coming up with a new theory. He had always talked about this offset chamber. And like I said, when he shows that fist, this is exactly what he's talking about right here. Your sea level being down here someplace. And then this offset chamber being up above sea level. So these things do not, uh, any, any kind of treasure, anything stays up out of the water. Now, the interesting thing about this is his new theory, which I think is plausible. We'll talk about it here was here's your box drains or the, the finger drains that were in Smith's Cove, uh, that were found back and they were covered with the, uh, coconut fiber and, the uh, eelgrass, right? Was that what yep. eelgrass? Yep. Uh, to filter out any dirt and stuff out of it. So that wasn't getting into the uh, into the money pit. But it was going into a single chamber was the idea behind this. Um, yeah, Marty's had time to think about it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's definitely had some time to think about this. Um, so uh, it goes into one chamber. Now, what he was doing here was he was drawing this picture. And I got the uh, Prometheus uh, artist rendition coming up here in a second. But he was showing this, this being your flood tunnel going from Smith's Cove all the way down to below the 90-foot stone in the money pit when they triggered this whole thing and flooded, the, flooded the, uh, the money pit down there. But he was talking about it having a bend, really going around a rock or some kind of thing like that, a big boulder under there. Mm -hmm. There's no boulders around on Oak Island, right, or in that whole area. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was talking about it having this hump in it and it causing a... Uh, an area where air would start to collect up here. And then all these lines over here, he was talking about every time they put a, a, a well down, they're pumping air down into uh, any chamber or tunnel area down below, which we know there are some, right? C1 had one. They sent a diver down in there to look at it. So we know that there's chambers down there. Yep. So they're pumping all this air and stuff down into there, along with, you know, the pump, the drill rig having the water. It has to use water for the sonic drill. So he was talking about this, how it would build up boulders. Pasha, who said, who said that? Oh, that was Cat. Cat Fulton said boulders, right? Um, so, and it was like this. So each time they, they put a drill and they would hit the flood tunnel or hit a chamber down there connected to the flood tunnel, they're making an air, they're pushing air. Well, what's that air going to do? It's going to go up that line and it's going to go to its nearest uh, collection point which they were saying would be like this here uh, this is a little better than marty's drawing on the whiteboard there um, but you get the idea so what they were thinking is or what he was thinking is that they came down and they drilled down and for two of those drills because they only moved over two and a half feet from ab13 to a13 i think it was and he thinks they pierced this and as you keep putting more and more air you're building pressure in the mm -hmm. small area so each time you add more and it goes up that up the flood tunnel into here, you're adding pressure to it. You pierce it finally. Now you got all that air and water, and you're gonna get they did have water. So this is what I was saying. I was thinking it was that somewhere in that offset chamber was what I think they were hitting um, and causing the same thing. But 
it's someone said it's an air plunger on a drain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. So is that is that plausible? Yeah, it sure yeah. is. Um, so it's it's a, it's not a bad idea. Now, what's cool He's... about this also is that if that is the flood tunnel that they were hitting, they should be able to block it off, right? He said it was like they an have air a bubble and a level. Huh? He said it was, was like that? an air bubble and a level. Yeah. So if they were hitting the flood tunnel, would they not be able to maybe to block it off now and yeah. keep the water from coming in? Stick one of those big cans down it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that would do it. A ten that's foot the only can. way you could possibly do it. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a, that's a great idea. You put a ten foot can down there, you're going to block it off. Yeah, that's um, true. If you hit it, see if you hit it squarely, you know. Um, remember, there was in, and in this picture here, knowing that they they probably had it lined. I don't know. They're showing it lined with rock, but they have hit rock when they've drilled down. They've had chunks of rock they've pulled up out of there uh from some Didn't of the they show the finger drains at one time that they thought they found and it had rock like that yes. yeah yeah yes yes yeah. it seems strange because they're pumping all that water in if you're pumping water and air and it's in the theories that it's pushing it back up mm -hmm. would they not have something coming in the smith's cove area or up in high side or some other signs and they remember they already had put you know, dye in, in previous seasons, they were pumping dye and pressure and trying yes, to see yes. yep. if it was coming back. And I don't know, because when Marty drew his picture, he had from Smith's Cove and the line to, you know, the money pit <sighs> and where they had, you know, that air pocket. And there was mm -hmm. the big depression. I think that's, that collapse already closed off the, you know, what was the flood tunnel. Right. But again, you're below sea level. It's going to mm -hmm. have, you know, there's going to be saturated water in the ground anyway. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people are saying Marty's theory is plausible. It is. Mm -hmm. It's definitely plausible. Um, and again, unfortunately, we just don't know yet what they've, what they've hit. Um, hmm. You know, but they definitely hit some sort of a man-made, I think, in my something. opinion, something man-made down there. And it had to be some sort of a chamber that was holding air and yes. uh, or a tunnel or something that was holding air and now all that shot up out of there yeah the well, void was seven feet that was thor said that the yeah, void yeah, was yeah. Feet. You, you, well you got to think like the flood tunnel it's not like today's that you would have had a drill rig and drill a hole through like someone had to man a person had to dig and move material and, and crib it and stuff to get down there so mm -hmm. you know it's going to have to be at least i don't know maybe you're a short person but it's going to have to be at least I don't know, four, five, six feet. Yeah, it is. Right. And there's going to be areas because you're going to have big rocks and stuff that you're going to have to dig around and, yep. you know, make it higher and lower. It's not going to be a, a uniform, perfect, just. No, absolutely know. not. There's no way it would be. No way. And if it, and then remember when the guy, when Jeremy was out there uh, a couple of weeks ago and he was showing that the, the new data from the seismic testing of the money pit and he was showing those 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 chambers i mean they were very irregular um yeah. so yeah i mean it makes absolute sense that you know knowing that there's all that rock in nova scotia uh or in that entire area up there yeah. that you know absolutely they're going to run in and they're not when they're digging a tunnel they're not going to be able to move something that big they go yeah. around it yeah. hmm. do we have any engineers that are watching this probably <laughs> yes cool yes we, we have a couple yeah 
yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Hugh was saying about blocking the front, uh, the flood tunnels in under, uh, you know, yeah. And I, and it probably is at a now at this point, it may be impossible. Um, as Linda was saying, because Rick and Marty did talk about that, that they couldn't, but I, that was before this, I think. So I don't know. I, I don't know. It's can they now? I don't know. And does it matter at this point? I don't no. know. And again, I don't know if it matters anymore to be able to, to, to try to block it off. Um, uh, I don't know, John. I can't, I don't know if I can or not. I, I no, no, did that fine. thing there. Sorry. And, and, and Amy Mellican is an engineer, so maybe she'll chime in for us and kind of um, walk us through that. Oh, well, let's see. So well, if you look at some of the tunnels and the pyramids are quite large. Yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, yep. definitely. So, I mean. Uh, so Amy said, I've been in tunnels that are quite wide and tall. Think more two people wide and over six feet tall for uh, manpower usage. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. You're gonna be swing. You got to be able to swing a pick and a shovel. Yeah, exactly. And yes. That's exactly right. That's why these yeah. voids are typically seven feet. You know, mm-hmm. in, in, in height, it's always yep. seven feet. That's enough to wield them. It is. It's always about seven feet every feet. time they come across one. <laughs> I would not make a good miner. <laughs> no. <laughs> you again? I forgot. You and Jack are both. Jack's like six four or six six or something. Yeah, I got. I'm six foot eight, so I look little on the TV, but oh my, not a good toddler. <laughs> I think Jack's like that too. I remember I I met Jack and I remember when uh when he got out of the chair there when I was leaving, I was like, and I'm six foot, right? You know, almost exactly six foot. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> Jack is very tall. Oh my goodness. Colin is so, on the track. Yep. All right. So I yeah, and again, so is that possible? It's plausible. We'll see what they come up with. Um, let's keep moving along here so next we jump over to uh the swamp area and uh this is where um the guys are um got i got gary and uh david and um uh peter fernetti along with uh mike uh, michael john shows up over here eventually you see how far down they are now they were working over here in the last couple episodes and now they're getting more i wanted them to go the other direction or reach out farther uh, now they're actually working their way uh, back to the southeast corner direction um, when they're as they're going along here. Um, and they found again and some more pieces of wood, which is cool. <laughs> I, I, I don't need so much wood. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like a going joke down Oak Island wood. Yeah, Oak Island wood, right. Yeah. So ooh, more wood. And even Marty has done that. He says, I want to quit finding more wood. <laughs> well, you know, they are too. Um the wood does tell a story, but again, this wood here that we've, and we've talked about with you guys before that this wood here being washed up into the, uh, right there at the beach area of the, um, the swamp, knowing the road was not there at, for most of the island's life, all this stuff could just easily wash in from all the shipwrecks, all the different things that have happened in the area. They could be finding wood from multiple boats, multiple ships. Notice- did you notice last night in the show they showed something and there was behind them was a ton of like branches, mm-hmm. like yeah. tree branches and tree trunks, and it was just mm-hmm. again the same thing yep, stuff that has washed in from the hurricanes and storms and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a tree trunk that came in. So I I have a tendency to not be get too excited about all these pieces of wood, um, because we don't know they don't 
they're not attached to anything they're not mm. telling us that they were part of is there a ship in the swamp or not yeah i think when some people are mentioning you know why are they down at that end of the swamp because you got to remember on the stone pathway is more of an archaeological like they're yes. they're very they're not in there with excavators or hand trolling or troweling and and doing doing that but this the other end of the swamp something you really don't see in the show there's a roadway that goes on the other around the other side as they bring equipment and so forth mm -hmm. yep so it's i think that's a bit of a free-for-all as they were doing some digging there but there's not not as much excitement as we hope this season All right yeah and that and that's very true yeah so um let's see uh matt asks i wonder if they moved down uh because they have reached out as far as they could i think so i think they have he's reached out as far as he could and he's dug down as far as he could and they're simply just not um uh, mm. finding anything more they're not finding any metal they're not finding any coins and things like that so yeah i think they had to they had to continue to uh to keep on moving down I think um, next next season will be the season of the swamp. I think next season we'll see the coffer dam. My vote anyway. Yeah, I think so. And we're going to kind of allude to that here in just a few minutes too, as we go along. Um, that the, and this piece of wood he found, you know, he st stuck his finger in a hole. But if you see on this picture, it was a square hole, which is kind of cool. Um, could that be one of the pins? Would that be a piece of railing where they put one of those pins down through there mm -hmm. that are kind of squared off? That that pin that they found last week uh or a couple weeks ago that it part of it was squared the round the bottom of it was rounded the top part was squared off and it looked about that size didn't it so and then they know. never talked about it again right that was it yeah um so at this point they're starting to talk now about wrapping up things in the swamp um and this picture here i showed you know where the you know they're still working they were working down their way um, then Marty and Rick came out and they were talking about, okay, guys, we're going to kind of wrap up what's happening in the swamp. Um, we're going to, you know, start focusing all of our efforts on the money pit. Um, but we know that they kept it in, in a couple of times during the show, they mentioned a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks. So even though it seemed like, okay, right there, let's put the excavator away and let's, let's get out of here and go do something else that yeah. continued on. Um, and then Colin shared a couple pictures with us um, that he found. Um, <coughs> they were talking about, remember they said that we're going to let the swamp fill back up with water. And we need that water. We need to use it because we're not allowed to use seawater for the wash table. Um, yep. Or for the, uh, yeah, the the wash table. Um, thinking of the name of that thing. Is that right? The wash table? Is that what they call that? The, yeah. The machine that they use to wash all wash the me, Wash plant. plant. Wash plant. Wash plant. Yeah. Um, so Colin shared a couple pictures that he had taken from his boat, and I'll bring those up now. Uh, this was one here, and this is a, a pump. Now, a pump that big is not trying to pump the water out to lower, you know, to be able to so they can go in. Yeah, thank you, Amy, wash plant. Um, they're, not, um, they're not using this to, you know, to pump it out so they can work in there. At this point of the season, they're pumping that water because they're using it. Uh, they're using that fresh water that comes from that fresh water source. That's that little, that little stream you see always yep. coming from the eye of the swamp area down towards this area of the swamp. That's that fresh water uh, spring that's in there. Yep. Mm. And um, so they're going to use that, let it fill back up and then use that water in the wash plant. And here's a, that picture of the pump working, doing its job down there that Colin got for us. 
I think we've got another one of the wash plant itself. Uh, there, there, now this is over in the Smith's Cove side, right? Yeah. Okay. You so, see the front, the front end loader, so they go up the money and grab its material and bringing it down and dumping it. And, oh yeah. And running it through. Yeah. Yeah, right here. Yeah. They got a yeah. couple of tractors actually over there working. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they're bringing the spoils down that they're pulling out with the with the um, uh, the case or the uh, hammer grab. They're pulling all the spoils out, leaving them in a pile. Gary probably goes over and metal detects. They look for wood and samples of stuff, whatever, and then they haul it away. And uh, says, fresh, fresh swamp water sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, they came a long way from Jack hosing it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, all right. But you can see the hose running along just below it on the roadway. You can see yeah. the mm -hmm. hose running along there and yeah, running up to the plant. So yeah. So yeah, they're definitely pulling fresh water from from somewhere there. But uh, yeah, so uh, and then we got one more. I think there's one more picture of just the wash plant itself. There it is, right there. Yep, of it working. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, you know definitely doing the trick. So anyway, uh, pretty interesting there. And then we also we also and if you we saw on the preview for next week, um, they talk about. A significant some. I, uh, I'm trying to think of the actual wording. I know that uh, Linda or Jan or somebody will remember what they said, but they were talking about the swamp. So we're going back to the swamp again. What's that? Oh, so they were. It's something about they found in the swamp. Something very significant because you remember as they were wrapping up the talk there with Rick and Marty talking to the guys at the swamp. He had said that. Um, he asked Billy Gerhardt, he said, are you, have you reached the area where you found that piece of railing? Was that what it was, Dale? When he, yeah. That what he, yeah, he asked me, he went to the railing. Yeah. And he said, not yet. Um, you know, or we're there now or something along those yeah. lines. So that's where, you know, that they, if they're going to, you know, they're going to continue that at least mm -hmm. for next show. So next week we should be able to see what this, significant find is that they did find in the swamp so we're not done with the swamp just yet yeah. um, hopefully it's more a significant piece of wood that we could really talk about next week <laughs> they kind of lead us to that oh we just lost uh john hmm. okay oh, no yeah hopefully he'll be back um oh there he is ancient artifact are you having some internet madness there, John or what a little bit of internet madness tonight Jeff <laughs> oh there it is yes yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Roberta Harrison said they used yeah. the word ancient artifact. Thank you. Yes. So. I love, love ancient artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's not another just a piece of wood that, that uh, Gary can stick his fingers to. I hope it's like a bell. <laughs> oh, yeah, a bell would be good. That would be great. That would be great. You know, that might, because don't bells often from ships say what ship it was? I don't know, back in the old days. Huh? They, they can. They can have markings on them. Yeah. Sure. It'd be cool if they found something like that. Oh, Amy said, yes, that's right, Amy. You're right. He did say they're right on top of it now. So so hopefully next week we'll find out what that was all about, right? Yeah. Oh, that rings a bell. Well, it would either say or they'll have little symbols like blacksmith marks. Yes. Guns have them. Guns have them. Tower yes. of London. It was a gunsmith that I collect, and, and specifically have their own mark and, and different marks for the dates. 
and you have to get a special, you know, book that you look up the mark and you can tell what date and what the manufacturer was. So, you know, that went with bells and other things that were used on the ships as well. It would be a specific blacksmith mark, yeah. if it's at least if it's if British. Did, you would think if they did sink a ship there, there would be a bell on it. You never know. It would, uh, I think anything that would be salvageable would be taken no matter what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But don't get me wrong. If you were able to definitively say it was this ship that's there, that shipwreck, I mean, that'd be like. Yes. But, but it would absolutely blow everything apart right there on the but, spot. But you're sinking a ship to destroy evidence or you're burning a ship to destroy evidence. So you wouldn't want to leave any anything left to, to be discovered, I would imagine. Unless it was done in a hurry. Unless it was Plus. done in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless it was done in a hurry. Um, so I, I, I uh, let's see. Let me. Someone says a part of a Mi'kmaq totem pole. Mi'kmaq, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, we don't want any more Mi'kmaq artifacts, please. <laughs> I mean, we do. Be I mean, cool. Oh, no, that would be cool. Come on now. Yeah, it would be. Awesome. I would love to see that. But that would also golden shut bowls down. are more on the West Coast than on the East Coast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would also shut down everything that they're doing right now. So, yeah. yeah unfortunately, um, we don't want that to happen, do we? We want to be able to have them. Continue. I love Matt's comment. Can we post Matt's comment? Matt Z's um, comment. Yeah, let me. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I had a great uh, moment in the show last night uh, when the narrator referenced a theory I floated to Charles and Laird last year. Yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to, mm-hmm. if you can type that theory in. Yeah, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I, I, come on. You can't kind of right. throw that out Here's there without an artifact up. in the middle of the money pit. Hmm. Wait a minute. Matt, you're, mess, you're messing with our minds, Matt. We can't be saying that. <laughs> Come on, Matt. Uh, I, I'm calling you out. I need to know what what, what, what you think yeah. here. Yeah. Totems are Western. Totems are Western. Artifact in the middle of the money pit? What could, what could that artifact be? Do we dare? I don't know. Do we dare to use the word Viking for an ancient find? I, hopefully. I, I do I, dare. I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. They're all sitting here waiting for the comment. Uh, Templar Bank of the Americas. <laughs> you could be right, Matt. No, no. I mean, that's again the depository theory is is not far off. Like I again, it ties in together with you know how did it originate? Maybe it was an ancient mine. Maybe it's not. But regardless, you know, generational. I mean, John, you always say it, the stuff, the information is getting passed down uh-huh. yep. from ancient times right up to, again, the battles between the French and the and the British. And even, mm-hmm. which I think uh, uh, Marty's quite interested in uh, financial backing in the American Civil War. Sure. Matt said it, to read the next comment. It's why? Matt said to read the next comment. Um, where is this? Um, oh, did I miss it? I think it's up. I like the bank, the, the bacon bank. The, the bacon bank ATM, Francis Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get the pin number to shut off the uh, flood tunnel to get your yeah. There's a code. Got to punch yeah, in the yeah, code. I love that. That's what's wrong. Oh my gosh, guys. Come on. Yeah. 
you got to punch in the code. Uh, it's yeah, true. very it's true. true. The wide variety of dates, and they do have definitely have a wide but variety of dates. Then, then you ask, what strings this all together? What what organization strings it all together? Now, mm-hmm. one of the organizations that cuts across all boundaries, all you know, countries and nationalities is the Masons. I mean, they're, they're from everywhere. You know, so I, again, you have to look at, you know, what organization would cut or, or lineage of thought or line of thought that would cut across all lines, all nationalities, everything. Mm-hmm. And it has to be an organization like that. Yeah. You know? Everything from, you know, digging a hole, whatever the hole was, 165 feet in the ground, which is a fact. I mean, they found artifacts and bones and stuff. The stone pathway and all the reinforcement. I mean, this stuff would have taken years like seasons and seasons of of work because even the oak island guys i mean they got to stop in the winter time it freezes it's winter time and all that stuff right mm-hmm. so people would yep. have had to been yep. operating outside of hurricane season because again big wooden ships you wouldn't want to yeah. be sitting yep. in uh mahone bay <laughs> on a wooden ship in a hurricane right yeah oh who said this don't say it it was darlene Darling uh, Barkhouse Dogie said, uh, I actually was thinking the paddles that Gary found could be the wings of an eagle on the totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Pandora's box. Oh, for sure. Uh, Rosicrucian. St. Jean said Rosicrucian. Same line of thought. Right? <laughs> Same line of thought. Yep. Templar Rosicrucian. Yep. Cistercian, Mason, Freemason. Yep. The, temp- the Templars were in Atlantic Canada beyond a reasonable doubt. There's a lot. There's a lot of. There's a lot of data information. That's yeah. And then, yeah. of course, court. Our friend Court will tell you, tell you Jacobite masonry was involved with Oak Island, too. Yep. You know, and that that also involved the Stuarts. So you know, there's there's so much there that that could be associated with Oak Island. Uh. So, wow. What was this? A robot was talking about, yes, generational. The ship we need to find is the HMS Sterling Castle, one of the ships of the Royal Navy used for deception. Hmm. I don't know anything about that particular ship. Um, Yep. So, all right. Well, here comes kind of the fun part uh, where uh, we get to the war room and we see a gentleman uh, show up in the war room. Yes. And we're going to kind of, we're going to, this was the last part of the show. We're going to talk about this and then we're going to kind of uh, take this uh, as our round table, so to speak, a little bit um, and talk about this a little bit more in depth. And this was where mm. uh, we had this gentleman and I think we're, we're going to try to see if we can't um, uh, get him on the show at some point with us uh, now that he has been in the war room. Um, and so you see the guys all here and they're talking with this gentleman right here. Scott Clark, an Oak Island researcher. Yeah. Now, Scott Clark, uh, as it was said at the beginning of the War Room show, is a Oak Island researcher and a 33rd degree Mason, Freemason, sorry, Freemason from uh, Toronto. And he's there to uh, give his theory of the silver that could be on Oak Island um, and that it could be from William Phipps and his discovery of the Concepcion. Now, Go ahead. What do they mean by a thirty-three degree mason? What what? It's I'll an emeritus. It's, a, it's, a, it's an emeritus status um, after the thirty-second, and you serve um, as, the, as the master, you know, uh, of, of your lodge. 
the head of your lodge. It's a, it's a merit okay. status. It it's, means you've kind of gone through and you served the worship master, and boom, now you're a thirty third degree. So it is it's a prestigious. It's a very prestigious degree. Um, I'll yeah. leave it at that, without giving yeah. anything away. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So um, that means I mean you you've really worked your butt off to get up through the ranks, um, and and you're integrity and everything else uh to get to that point so um, yeah, it's a it's a rank that's not get, uh, earned it's given right there you go by the lodge thank you so. yep um so he came on scott had a very uh has a very very interesting theory i'll we'll kind of talk about the theory a little bit and then we're going to kind of maybe you know talk about it a little bit more in depth and and uh kind of do like a idk little round table here about it because court like i said court shared some information with us and court if we get it wrong please call in so we can we can get it right but um uh so the, the thing that he was talking about now william phipps is somebody that he brought up and i think i've got yeah this gentleman right here uh, now william phipps um uh yeah linda put up a little note or i'm sorry tom Tom put up a little note here. The 33rd degree uh, is a supreme honor bestowed only on those who have demonstrated outstanding service to the brotherhood as well as professional and personal accomplishments. Yes. Thank you. But in order to get that degree, you have to have been through the 32nd degree, which usually is yeah. ahead of the lodge. You know? So, yeah, it's, 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 for, it's almost like a lifetime achievement. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Jan said her uncle was a 33rd degree and she has the, uh, uh, the Scottish, uh, in Scottish, right. Mm -hmm. And she has the certificate. She said it's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, you know, this particular theory, um, where we talk about William Phipps, uh, and his recovery of the Concepcion silver. Now there, according to what, some of what I read, the Concepcion had some silver and it had, mostly silver but it also had some gold and jewelry and stuff like that um the conception was built in 1620 this is all notes that jan got for us in the synopsis from the show mm -hmm, that said on mm -hmm. the show uh built in the 1620 and i have to read this i'm sorry but i'll uh, forgive me while i look down to read this um built in 1620 and was a 600 ton galleon uh and the premier ship in the spanish fleet um, that was there to carry the plundered riches back to Spain from the New World. And they were getting all this, I think, from like the, um, the Incas or the Mayans or I don't know. Mm -hmm, there was mm -hmm. a lot of that going on down there when they were basically plundering all their stuff. Huh. Um, in 1641, the Conception was sunk during a massive hurricane while carrying more than 100 tons of gold and silver off uh, the uh, the coast of the Dominican Republic, which they used to call back then Hispaniola. Yes. Yeah, Hispaniola. Hispaniola. Um, the lives of more than 300 crew were lost as well as the treasure. Um, four decades later, Captain William Phipps began... Uh, uh, see, yeah, four, uh, began to salve on a salvage mission to find the Concepcion... And this was fan. Now it said right here was financed by British royalty. Now this is where we got into a discussion a little bit with, with uh, Court Lindall because mm -hmm. we were speculating. Okay, who is this uh, Spanish? Uh, who was this royalty? 
that he was British royalty that he was dealing with. Um, and court came right out and said, well, that has to be King James II. That's who it was. Because of the time frame. Now, you go ahead, John. Oh, it's, it's interesting. During the time the ship was lost in Mahone Bay, um, it was under the uh, it was under the reign of James II. So James would have had interest in whatever was on that ship. Mm-hmm. Now that's and it was burned, was it not, Jeff? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, they, you know, there's been speculation that there was a ship burned. That's that was uh, Fred Nolan's. Uh, well, entire... no, I mean in Mahone Bay, wasn't wasn't this ship that came up in the Mahone Bay also? They scuttled the ship and burned they it. Scuttled, they scuttled the ship and burned it. Yeah, the, and the one in the swamp was also it was thought to be burned. Right. Why are we burning ships? Not one now, but two. Well, I mean, why would you burn a ship to get rid of evidence, right? To get rid of evidence. And why yeah. would you want to get rid of evidence? Because you're hiding something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know yeah, what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're hiding something. And in this I'm case, sorry, it, Mr. King, but we lost that ship at sea. What's what's interesting is the the one ship could have been for James II. Maybe you know James II in 1688, I believe, when Court and I were talking, um, uh, was on his way, you know, out of of the reign of power and headed mm-hmm. to France. Okay, and so why wouldn't he want? Why he's still kind of in command, a, a ship with uh, a retirement fund, so to speak, you know, in the home bay. But it doesn't preclude that something else happened in Oak Island. With a ship that was also burned, and now you have two possible burned ships within miles of each other. Yep, within a close time period, probably to each other, because you know they pulled out wood from the swamp that is com- uh, commensurate with the uh, age of exploration, which is you know that's uh, fourteen fifty to sixteen fifty time period, give or take. Mm-hmm. So you're you're really close. You're really close in there. And why burn the ships? Exactly. That still hasn't been explained. Yeah, I know. Now, it talks a little bit further here. It says um, uh, Phillips used indigenous um, free divers to salvage the galleon. Over 3,400 tons, or in British uh, money, uh, 205,000 pounds of treasure was brought back to England, and uh, which today would have valued about 50 million in U.S. currency. Uh, Phipps Mm -hmm. received 11,000 pounds. And was knighted by King James the second. Okay. Again, <laughs> that was a it's a payoff. Yes. Yes. The payoff. Now that was the first trip over. Yes. Okay. So the second trip, um, he was trying to get more funding. Um, he was trying to get more funding to go back and, and continue this. Now, this is all about the time, six eight uh, 1687, 1688. What happened with King James II? Well, he he was he fled to France eventually. Yeah, uh, you know, he like fell out of power. Life. Yes. <laughs> so he was he exiled in 1688 uh, yes. out of England to France. Now, this is where it kind of gets out. Let me let me continue with the synopsis a little. Sure, bit before, sure, sure, before sure. We get sure. too much deep into that. Um, Captain Andrew Belcher uh, became Alcher. Now, remember this name. Andrew Belcher uh, became the assistant of Sir William Phipps uh, Phipps, sorry, and was also the one who helped in the relationship between the American colonists and the indigenous tribes. Belcher also helped Phipps, I keep wanting to put an L in there, Phipps 
with the other expeditions to salvage the treasure of the Concepcion. In September of 1687, Phipps again returned to the salvage, that uh, to salvage the treasure, only to return and return to England with only eleven uh, one uh, ten ten thousand pounds. Uh, at that point, um, Scott then presents a letter from 1688 that shows that Captain Belcher was caught with one of Phipps' ships in Mahone Bay area. And that's and the one that, I was referring. I jumped the gun a little bit, but that's the yeah, one I was referring and that to. that ship was found burned in burned. Port uh, Labar, yeah. which is very close to Oak Island. Uh, Scott believes that Belcher was transporting treasure uh, from, uh, from the Concepcion to Nova Scotia. Um, Scott then presented the team with a map uh, from 1701 entitled The English Empire in, in America and shows the treasure from the Concepcion. Now, we'll get to that here in just a second. Um, matter of fact, I'll do it right now. So here's some more information that he had about him, um, uh, Phipps, and his working with Belcher. Now, Belcher is another very, and a few folks, I, I went, you know, once, this is the thing I really enjoy about these coming, these people mm -hmm. coming with their theories because it gives you some more information that you can then go and look up yourselves because a lot of this is out there. But I had no idea about these people at mm. all. Um, I didn't personally, but, and, you know, John, you probably did. And we know that court did, of the court course, did, of course, um, you know, because of his, all the research that he does. But I mean, this really gets really deep and the ties that court puts together with all these people is what uh, makes it. So here's a picture of uh, Phipps. And then, um, uh, let's see, during the second expedition, this is where he said the treasure was brought back to England, was only valued at uh, 10,000 pounds, was about 2.4 million. That, just, hey. that, seems, that seems light for a second expedition, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, very, <laughs> <laughs> you know, very much so. So, I mean, and that's where we go to that little talk about now, if, if Belcher was found with one of the ships of Phipps ships up there, Phipps ships up there in Nova Scotia, that other ship went to England with only 10,000 pounds worth of, of silver and gold. And there's no tracking devices. There's no GPS at this point. Oh. And the ship was burned up in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Well, and, and Jeff, this is very interesting. What's the name of the ship here? Yeah. Andrew Belshar, master of the ship Swan. The Swan. The Swan. Uh, Cygnus. Yeah. Yeah. So, who of, else has talked about that? <laughs> well, it's it's certainly a reference to to our friend the Petter and 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 Shakespeare and and the Swan of Avon. Mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. the, the reference is there. Why would you name the ship the Swan unless you're? It seems like an odd name for a it's ship. It's just yeah, it is. So you know, I'm just thinking it's it's a reference. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of a shout out. And there's Cygnus, the Swan, the Swan. And that is seen, and who, and and again, it was Petter Amundsen was talking about this, right? Yeah. Well, that but that's it does, it does. so another one of those little weird oddities, right? Well, it's it's supposed to be the star map that was supposed to lead to Nolan's Cross, which is a representation of Cygnus and the Oak Island, and then you have the ship named the Swan. It's just a really odd name to name a ship. It you is. Know? It is. Does it mean anything for sure? Maybe. Maybe <laughs> it's just it's just an odd name for a ship, right? It really it truly is. Unless so it's, unless it's referencing something, yeah, exactly. 
So, um, but now the, okay. So you, you got a ship, one ship goes the second now in the second, uh, you know, a recovery of the treasure from the Concepcion. One ship heads up there and goes to England with 11,000 pounds and drops it off to the, to, well, now it was 1688. Uh, uh, let's see. Let's, Captain Belcher was caught. Okay. So 1687, 1688, which is when we don't know if it was before or after King James II was exiled. Um, but all the, all this stuff is happening all at the same time, which is really weird. Okay. So he's exiled, he's exiled into France. Um, and one of the people that exiled him into France was, uh, and, and this is from court court was telling me about this was, uh, Dabadi, um, a gentleman by the name of Dabadi, who court said was the Saint Castine, 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 Castine. Uh, he was also what the Baron of Acadia. Yeah, he was the governor of Arcadia, yeah. uh, and, and and that's where the ship went. Was the ship came to Mahone Bay, which is part of Arcadia during that time. Yeah. So, so it's the king's money. Is that what we're saying? Uh, but now here's here's one of the questions, and 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 well, uh, Colin, I don't know who was. So was France was in charge of Nova Scotia basically 1688? Do you guys know for? I think France was in control at that time, I believe. She was switching power in the early days. It was the French. I don't know. Yeah, what, what year, I don't know what year it was, though, that it. Yeah. I think it was until the mid 1700s. Where it went back to England because they went back and forth a few times. Yeah. But so if it's under French control at that time and King James II left England and was helped into France. Hmm. And France is in control of Nova Scotia. And this gentleman by Dabadi, by the name of Dabadi, who, by the way, has a town named after him in Castine, or Castine, Maine, which Maine is the first state of the United States that's right there on, south of Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. And he's also a knight <laughs> involved in the Knights of Malta. In the Knights of Malta, Malta. Go ahead. The, you, you, the, the Knights of Malta were uh, the the Vatican chosen after the the dissolution uh, of the Templars. So it's right. the Knights Hospitaller and the Knights of Malta. So again, the symbolism would be the same. The symbolism at this point is usurped by the Knights of Malta, the, the Templar symbolism. But it does explain why the symbolism is very similar, does it not? Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're repurposing the symbolism, you're, you're you're claiming the symbolism because the Vatican really didn't like what the, the what the Templars were preaching, or what they had discovered. They yeah. didn't like the, they they didn't like the whole ascended master thing, the God within theory, the I am principle. They just it didn't wash well with the Vatican right. at all because it was a challenge to power. Right. So the Knights of Knights of Malta now evolved in this. So it, it, it's you can see how it's all related. Every puzzle piece is related. It really truly is. Um, and and one of the things that you know, and I and, and again, some of the the research I was doing on this today, uh, trying to get prepared for tonight because these names are popping up, and I'm just like, who are these people? So I had to start looking. I know I somebody said Scott Clark. I wish you were here. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> he could help us through this a little bit. Um, you know, actually, I'd like to get him in court together. 
I think that would be an interesting, uh, you know, maybe we might have to work on that. Um, it says here in the notes that I looked up today that on May 14th, 1692, Phipps arrives in Boston. He brought with him a charter ending, uh, ending the 1864 English law banning colonies uh, from self-government. Uh, under this new charter, the legislature was set up to the judicial system until October. However, uh, on May 27th, deciding matters too serious to wait until October, um, he was he 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 became very influential, Fipstein, mm. and in Boston and all around that area, he became very influential. Influential, um, and he had uh, a lot of money. <laughs> Seemed he was very wealthy, uh, or got very wealthy. Where did he? Get? I wonder where he got all of his wealth from. You know, it's very interesting too. Interesting. <laughs> um. If all the money that he got off the Concepcion went back to England, I mean, hmm. um, but did it all go back to England? England? No, that's that. I, that's I don't think so. I don't think it did. I don't. So does James the Second, you know, working through his connections in France, eventually get the money back that is in Mahone Bay on a ship? waiting for him as a retirement fund and then is there any more ciphered off that same wreckage in on oak island and hidden which wouldn't even be known to james ii now that's the question you know yeah it's just kind of interesting because the, the ships are, are destroyed in the same way right and you're you're hiding evidence because yeah. you don't want someone to show up and claim uh, literally millions of dollars in gold and silver. Right. I'm just looking on it. I sent you a link there, but there's a, oh. a, the Nova Scotia website for anyone that's of interest. They actually have a, a shipwreck database that goes back to the from the 1500s oh, wow. to, the, to the late 1990s. It is unbelievable how many, and this is only what's recorded, you know, yeah. I'm sure purposely hidden and in, in snuck through pirate ships being sunk with them. Right. But it is incredible. Hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds of yeah. thousands of ships are wrecked and burned and stuff on the coast of, of the province. I think it kind of wow. helps things put things in perspective a little bit. Sable yeah. Island has tons of them. Oh, were they, the Colin, were they all burned in the same way that the ships were? No, no, this, this kind of goes and shows if you can right, kind of correct, pick right, your right, slot right. of years and says okay. the ship and it kind of goes in the details of the ship and if it was wrecked yeah. and the 1500s, the 1600s. Like when you go into like 1850s and in, yeah. in the mid 1800s when you see a lot more traffic and stuff in the area, I mean, there's a lot of it's an interesting database. Yeah, that is wow. Oh, it sure is. So, but it, it just again goes to show how much stuff is in the waters and around there. And right, we see if I can. Uh... It's a dangerous area. <laughs> yeah, let's see if I can. Uh... Well, you've discussed it. Trying to just to navigate the Oak Island, you have to know your your shallows and your depths. Yeah. Otherwise, you can easily run aground or even sink your sink your boat. Yeah. You know, you would have to have a. You would definitely have to have a working knowledge of the navigation yeah. on the island for sure. Okay, I just put those links up in uh, chat on both sides, so you guys can check that out if you like. I mean, oh my goodness, yeah, it's the Marine Heritage Database. Wow, Find your wreck. 
on the rocks. So yeah. Oh, Wanda says, I love that. So she's already been there. Um, but yeah, check that out. That's, that's pretty, pretty wild. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, we have a lot really going on in the chat right now, Jeff. A lot going on in the chat. I know. Please help me with this. Uh, a- Amy Mulligan uh, says, if James II was hiring Phipps to secret money for him, then he gave him a cut. But the cut was the 11000 right? And the night ship was the, the night ship. Night ship. Yeah. So that, that's, the, that's his payoff because once you're knighted, you get, uh, you, you get land, you get a certain amount of rights. Yeah. You know, you have a whole, you know, a whole plethora of, of – um, rights and 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 privileges that you would get as a knight because so he, he was did not come, he he didn't come from nobility right he kind of no no no, no, no. made himself into you know right. nobility through um and what's yeah. interesting is he was knighted prior to james ii leaving you know it's like one of his yes. you know That's swan song type of no pun intended swan song type of things <laughs> so he knighted them real quick you know and then you know he, there's the swan shows up in Mahone Bay. You know it's truly a swan song, <laughs> especially if you're Led Zeppelin fan like myself. <laughs> yeah, it says right here. I I did look this up. This was from uh, oh I don't have the name of the site here, but it's uh, written by uh, Brendan Dig- Dignam, um, and it talks about Phipps. Uh, says uh, historical accounts, including. Cotton Mather's biography traditionally viewed as Phipps' upbringing was as socially disadvantaged. Socially disadvantaged. Uh, there's now evidence that his family was um, moderately prosperous. Phipps' father co-owned a, a uh, operating a trading post plantation involved in the fur trade and weapons between the local Wabanaki Indians and the English yes. settlers. Um, Phipps was the youngest of 14 children. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see. Former education, rural of Maine. Uh, he ended up in an early adulthood. He came to Boston as a ship's carpenter. Okay. And after a four-year apprenticeship near his home, uh, he then married uh, Mary Spencer Hall in 1673, uh, the widow of the Boston merchant John Hall. Interesting mm-hmm. little sidebar on her. That's right. Interesting. Mary uh, Spencer Hall was actually arrested for being a witch. <laughs> she was. In 1692, this is what I found today, she was arrested in 1692 for witchcraft. Wow. <laughs> that's that's kind of, you know, and he was very instrumental, Bar, uh, Phipps was, in stopping all of it. Or was it Belcher? Uh, one of, uh, I think it was, I thought it was, one of them was instrumental in stopping all of the, uh, witchcraft, you know, the witch trials, the witch trials were just going crazy. And so, um, they stopped, they finally put an end to all that stuff because people were being accused. Um, you know, you know, obviously that whole thing just went nuts there. But, uh, anyway, there's something I found as I was reading, I'm like, witch trials. That's actually what uh, uh, Brendan uh, Dignam was actually talking about. Salem Witch Trials in the History and Literature of the uh, Undergraduate Course, University of Virginia, Spring. Yeah, so, yeah, interesting little little tidbit on him. Very interesting. On him. We got a really good comment here, Jeff. I'm not sure we can highlight it. With Phipps received a generous reward for his recovery. There it is. Uh, The uh, Concepcion Treasure. He was called the New England Knight, and the legend is that James II knighted him 
And uh, yet I could not find the official record of his knighthood. I believe it was an honorary knighthood because he was not eligible for knighthood being born in and a native of America. So that's that kind is of from James McQuiston. Thank you, James. Hey, James. Thank you. Yeah. Point. That's interesting. So it would not, is not, uh, no, find no official record of his knighthood. Interesting. Wow. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so and then you know I was looking into the whole uh, uh, Captain uh, Anthony Belcher and looking into him a little bit, and then finding that his son, um, who got into uh, shipping uh, once his father uh, Captain Andrew Belcher got into shipping, however, he soon became one of the wealthiest men in New England, um, and could now afford to send his son to Harvard and all of that. And then he ended up going on to doing a bunch of things as well. Jonathan did. Um, it's just, it's just interesting that this whole, and and I think that, you know, how, uh, court was, and you'd be better at uh, tying this together than I would with what court was saying about the whole, um, uh, Knights of Malta and the Freemasons was it? How how was he? Uh, I'm trying to. I didn't write. I didn't get all the notes that we were going through some of it so quickly. No, no. There's all such association with uh, with uh, the Knights of Malta, uh, eventually going into a lot of the Freemason uh, symbolism, and uh, Court was talking about Jacobite Freemasonry earlier, and how there was the whole line, and then he went into you know Admiral Anson and his association with North Carolina and so forth and so on, mm-hmm. and so Court had uh, kind of. Um, Established a line of a lineage of connection uh, between the whole thing. Rather they complicated, are. but they it are. It is complicated, but they're all connected. They're all connected. And they're all connected and back to James II. All connected back to James II. You know? And yet, here's a, here's a ship that ends up, one of Phipps's ships ends up in Mahone Bay. Well, what's the timing is what's interesting. Yes, it's 16, 1688, 1687, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the time that James the Second is being deposed in, in England. Yeah. And, and and the supposed knighthood um, happening at the, at the same time. So it's, it's just interesting that all these kind of things coincide. Right. And it, it shows me that, you know, the, the, the swan that did show up in, in Mahone Bay was by no coincidence and the timeline for all their carbon dating the everything everything is all right in that bracket of but the amount of activity that would have been going on in the late 1600s to early 1700s there was much more you couldn't really yeah you couldn't hide anything yep one of the interesting things i want to get back to uh talking about what scott um Mm. what scott was talking about um is that uh, Scott Clark, when he was in the war room, was that he, some of the maps he was talking about. Now, he was here's one here. Whoops, I got the wrong screen up there. Let me stop sharing and get the right one. Sorry about that. Wasn't uh, wasn't looking at the screen there. Let's see. Um, there we go. Okay, this one here is one of the maps that he had up. Uh, yep. down, down here by Cuba, um, and this is where the Concepcion went down. Um, he had down here, and he marked us out and said... Um, I think it was basically the um, Phipps. It talks about Phipps down here and the rack um, and talking about silver. Hmm. So this is what he was saying, that this circle right here that was marked on this map for no apparent reason 
because it doesn't mark an island or anything like that. Here's the uh, Dominican Republic and uh, Hispaniola. But he, so it points out, he's saying this points that this is where the conception went down. The conception went down, mm-hmm. right? And then you get up here uh, further up into, you know, the Nova Scotia area. And now it's looking at um, this pot right here, which this this is, you know, according to what Scott was saying, Scott Clark was saying, that you have your uh, Nova Scotia and this being mm. Mahone Bay and La, La, La well, but basically uh, saying, huh? I'm sorry. Yeah. Which means silver. Which means yeah. silver. Silver. Yeah, silver. So why would that be on there? And Jack had pointed out in the war room, Jack had said something about Gold River. And I mean, that would be the optimum thing to talk about right there because, you know, the Gold River is coming right or the river or something it would be talking about that. It wouldn't necessarily be talking about, you know, the silver. Hmm. Um, isn't Port, Port Royal Halifax? I don't think so, is it? Is it? Was No. 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 Um, somebody asked that question that was, and I was bringing it up. So here's, here's a little bit better look at it right here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, uh, William, Sir William Phipps plate rack and is showing that circle right there. Mm. Okay. That's down there by, um, Hispaniola. Okay. And then, um, there is Port Royal and there is that La Plata. That little circle right there. Now he's speculating that that was Oak Island. Hmm. And then there's a picture of the two maps side by side. And if you kind of follow the coastline, you know, that you have the one inlet there around, which is Mahone Bay right here, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. And you got Halifax. And now there's a lot of little islands. Now this island would actually be over here if it was. You know, marked correctly, I think it'd actually be like over here off the L, because um, yeah. Oak Island is you know way in there. It's real close to the shoreline, obviously, with yeah. the causeway. Because when um, you when you go north of Halifax and go mm-hmm. up the coast, it's exceptionally rugged. Like you'll notice, there's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, I don't know draws to like because it's really the Mahone Bay and Lunenburg, Halifax Harbor. But once you pass Halifax Harbor, you know you're really not till you get up around by Canso. And guys, bro, they're shut up to bay, which is a fairly, um, a very sheltered uh, bay. A lot of fishing villages and everything there. Yeah. That's why I spent a good portion of my life in Guysboro. But uh, but the rest of that coast, boy, I'll tell you, she is rough as rough can be coming down there. Wow, wow, wow. So as far as people landing and coming into, there's mm-hmm. only a very select group of ports you're going to make. And that's, again... Halifax, which would be very heavily traversed. Of course, the French, the British, and there'd be a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, if you were going in there, you were going to get seen, you're going to get checked, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get dealt with. Right. But further mm-hmm. down the coast, which is not that far, in a, in a modern sailboat, like I would sail from Bed, like the Halifax Harbor inside the basin. Mm-hmm. It would take mm-hmm. me about 10 hours on a, on a modern sailboat. I, I'd take oh, me about wow. 10 hours to sail sail that from there to down to Chester Mahone Bay. So, that long? Yeah, it's about a hundred it's about a hundred kilometers. So wow. Yeah. yeah. Ten hours. Really? Yeah. So 
pretty interesting that uh, you know why would why would he mark that out i mean that that was the big question um that scott clark was bringing to the table was why would he uh talk about the show where the conception was we know we you know that 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 ship was found uh belcher had a ship that was you know showed up in in uh nova scotia and was burned um at port la am i saying that correctly uh la b-a-r-e la bear la bar the bear the bear and then he has all of a sudden the the silver marked out right there on a little island little circle island right there he's got it marked out on the map now this map was made by herman mole and uh that's a whole nother story if you look into the whole thing with herman mole and the maps that he had done he had done he had created a lot of different maps he was a cartographer and and all of that but i mean um what was his tie in with all of this hmm. uh, <laughs> uh let's see uh, i don't know if he talked about it. Uh, um it says scott believes that uh, belcher was uh, transporting treasure from the concepcion to nova scotia scott then presented the team with a map from 1701 entitled english empire in america and shows the treasure from the Concepcion in the area of Oak is in the area of Oak Island. The map, which was created by Herman Mole, was published in 1688. Mm. Another tie-in to that same year. Certainly not a very secret map. If you're going to put the silver, right? I know. Right? <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but yeah. Right where, uh, well, not it's not right where Oak Island would be, but darn close. I mean, if you look at that and then you, you know, but you, the one big inlet in the whole side of here in his map that he created mm. and what you got right there is, is Mahone Bay, the one big inlet you got, or bay or, you know, right there. So, and then a small yeah. one just north of it right here. So, I mean, it does look like it would be Mahone Bay to me. So, hmm. but, uh, but this Herman Mole, yeah, he's another one to look into. But again, 1688, same time frame uh, that was going on with all this, uh, you know, the whole time with the ship was going up there. They were looking at 1687 and 1688 for the Concepcion and taking all mm -hmm. the stuff off of it. But again, we look at the same kind of thing with money. And, and how many times have we now started this whole look into the uh spanish ships that were coming from hmm. south america inca mayan um you know and bringing all this plundered gold and and silver and whatnot from down there and heading towards spain some of them getting turned away because of of uh hurricanes, hurricanes. and storms at sea and is it possible now we were talking about this also in your opinion if you it what would it, would you have um oak island if if the i guess this is kind of one of those little rabbit holes that we could kind of go down but you know what did would these guys have had the time in 1687 1688 to to dig the money pit and do all the flood tunnels and do all of this stuff it had to be pre-existing yeah, they pre. I mean, everything's predated between what was Spooner saying. Even the uh, the road was, you know, talking fourteen hundreds, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. the wood twelve twenty for the wood, right? 
Yeah, that piece of wood that's on the north side. Yes, yeah, the other the part of the road. Side. Yes, you're right, Colin. On the north side of the of Nolan's Peninsula, that big stone square platform area, uh, he found a piece of wood that was in between some rocks there. It was dated to 1220. Um, so you go back. I mean, who would have who would have bothered building that stone platform, that stone area, in 1220? But we know, just archaeologically speaking, the artifacts that they've pulled up, that the 1500s, 1400s, 1220, you know, maybe Cameron's indicating 1100, but we know 1220 is an exact date. We, we know that's, that's you know, there's no negotiating that date. Right. So if 1220 is correct, and then that's the earliest piece, you know, of, 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 of data that we have. So we, we, you kind of use that as a starting point, mm-hmm. which, again, hide the Templarism. Right. So yeah, so and and so if the if the Templars or or the the Portuguese somebody with the skills by which to do this and the time and again we talked about this whole thing if this was happening in I'm going to say modern times which I'm talking the mid 1600s into the 1700s everybody's going to see you doing this there's because people around they're going to see you they're, they're colonizing gonna, at this point over there doing all this digging yeah. on the island. They're colonizing at this point, you know. I, I mean, yeah. you you have to pre. It has to be done in secret. It has to be done before there's a lot of traffic in the area. Has to. But you'd yeah. have to be well funded. You'd have to have the technology. You'd have to have the skills to be able to navigate to and from there yes. repeatedly. Yes. Okay. So there's very very few. Groups. The people. Yeah, there's oh, very few groups that would at, at that vampire. stage that would have the money and the technology and the navigational abilities to make it there and from season well, after season yes yes um because it would have been very difficult to winter there um you know there's there's a lot of challenges to digging yeah. a hole on an island in nova scotia yeah yeah well you, you have the cistercians kicking around you have the templars kicking around yeah. you have the, the masons kicking around speculative freemasonry supposedly you know um, founded by Francis Bacon, but you yeah. you you would have to have money. Uh, Templars there, there's Templars calling. You would have to have money <laughs> to do it. And you know, if if speculative Freemasonry was a, a, a actually you know um, something that Francis Bacon didn't find, as alleged, um, the Crown would be funding that. Yeah. Elizabeth the yeah. first, and she would have the resources. And we know now. We know if we go back to Templars that underneath. Um, Jerusalem, there are all sorts of Templar tunnels and all sorts of Templar um, graffiti all over the place. Yeah. The Templars, you know, dug all around Jerusalem. Miles, miles of, of tunnels. And, and that's been reported. Is so. there, I mean, the, the Vikings, going back to 1200, it's facts. I mean, there, was, there were Viking settlements in Newfoundland. You know, Nova Scotia certainly wasn't a big known for Viking spot, but there were mm-hmm. clearly Viking vessels would have Sure. have come along this coast and i think that's where you'll see you know that wood that found in the swamp that old a couple of really really old pieces are dating from the viking era so it's hard to say because i know i've heard rumors that the guys were in newfoundland filming this last hmm. summer as well mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm very curious to see if the swamp the big artifact you're going to find in the swamp is going to be viking related and hence, they're going to make the connection the Newfoundland to the old Viking settlements that are there. You could be right. Yeah. yeah and there's kind of, I mean, when you look at some of the dates, 
But does that have anything to do with the deposit and treasure and build and digging a hole? I, I definitely don't think that the Vikings would have been digging a hole. But there right. is a connection between the Vikings and the Templars because of, of Flemish. Well, you know, so there, you know, so there, there was there were several. That's of, right. Uh, so, Templars, so there know. would have been information passed along because again, those guys would have been having their navigational skills Correct. and is their land there? They would have been yep. trading with and, and connecting with the native communities. You know, in this particular case, the Mi'kmaq here in Nova Scotia and in in uh, Newfoundland. I mean, is is that those are, you know, historical facts that they were dealing with them mm -hmm. and the English. We all know that the Vikings and the English were clashing and dealing with each other, and there were a lot yes. of workings with each other. Like there were some commonalities between the Vikings and the English there, which again ties into that that time yes. frame as the Templars are rolling into you know England and Scotland. The Vikings, the Vikings have already been traversing across to the New World, and yes. you know they would be probably IDing them spots. You know where are the hot spots? Where do you go? Where are the native communities that are friendly? Who's going to help, you know, provide you water and food and stuff when you land? Because there's a lot of area you can land in Nova Scotia and sure. there's nothing. Like there's, you know, and Newfoundland, there's a lot of nothing. And, and um, having done some Indian Native uh, Native American First Nation research this past summer, you know, a lot of those trade routes and trading communities were already established in the nations themselves over here in North America. That's right. So, so then you would have an outpost. So Europeans and whoever was coming over would hit those outposts and trade with the native populations. The That's native right. population had extensive trade uh, routes with one another. That's and right. when I did the research, I was shocked to, to okay. see that those trade routes were, were well in existence and they were complicated. And they I think that's, well that's developed. The, the Gold River connection mm -hmm. because again, you, it's hard to like, again, I'm, I'm hopefully Jeff, you make it in the summer. When, when you go into through Western shore and get in there, there is a marina and yes, you can get boats. It is really crazy to get in there. So really? they would have, they would have, you know, had to anchor further out. Mm -hmm. Again, being a trading post as, as you're coming along the coast and saying, okay, guys, where do, where do we go to get some food, some, some you know, uh, water and all the different supplies that we're going to need? Hey, listen, there's a community in this particular area. Here's where you go. Here's where you land your ship. And that would have happened over year after year after year. And as I said, they keep coming. So again, this is, I think, there you get the Viking connection. You know, why was Oak Island in that particular area so drawn right. to? And it would just been handed down after generation now. Right. Who started the dig and who started the, the operation? You know, that's to be seen. Yeah, that, and that is, that's truly the big question is who started all of it? Because I, and, and we've, you know, like you guys just talked about, it's very possible, very possible that over the years, Many people have utilized the island for different, you know, for different purposes, but some of them may be the same purposes. Um, and, and that knowledge being passed from culture to culture or from, and it was, a, you know, from the Vikings to the, to the, to the, um, to the Templars. Now the Templars, we know, had ties all over the place uh, with all these different peoples. And so, I mean, is it, is it, I, th I think it was well, I think back in that day, that might have been more well known than we ever, we ever realized by certain groups of individuals. So they knew that they could go there and it was a, it was a spot, you know, it was a, a place to go. And, and if sure, you sure. needed to hide something or. 
Well, it, it, we know in the Icelanders, we know uh, a man by the name of Ari the Wise um, did a lot of um, uh, documentation of, of New World travels, you know, with those Viking Norse routes. And you know, that, that was during the time of the Templars when he was, he was uh, documenting the, 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 uh, the voyages and he writes about it. So we, we know he was also, you know, sharing information and mm-hmm. information was being disseminated um, through the, the different, just through trade. I mean, you know, uh, Joseph Campbell calls it diffusion. Just, you know, it's in either independent origination or diffusion. In this case, the knowledge was being diffused and traded just like goods and services. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Uh, I'm telling you, some really, really interesting stuff. Uh, and, and again, folks, this this information, you know, a lot of this is out there. But I think that, uh, you know, to, to say that, that uh, Scott... Uh, you know, Scott Clark was didn't come. I mean, you see the look on everybody's face as he's explaining this stuff in the war room, and it's because this is very plausible. Hmm. Um, yes, it it truly is. But you look at the fact that again, it it like you guys were just talking about. How would they have known about this? How would Phipps have known about this? But they're all connected. They're all right there in that area. It's just. And we're we're going to have to do. I think at some point, um, John, we're going to have to get call, uh, Colin and and, mm-hmm. and Cortland all here, and yes. really just. I mean, this is this is the information that um, I I think is could go. We could really dig deeper and deeper and deeper into this and find. You all guys could do things. numerous shows on this. Oh, I know, I know, oh, truly, yeah. it could. There's um, so much. It, it there it's there's so much to it oh my goodness who uh, is, uh, james, that, is that james james, james. okay james i see it Go <laughs> hey, ahead. Get james involved in this too yeah, Why yeah, not? Yeah. i mean i got so much info here i'm blocking you guys but between 1622 and 1630 william alexander sent 17 known ships to nova scotia he had 34 knights baronet uh, by 1632 invested in comparative six eighteen million 18 million uh, in the Port Royal sediment, which stood from 1629 to 1632. Uh, they were sold out by Charles I. Uh, all petitions uh, to get their land back uh, into the 1800. Uh, William's son, uh, son, oh, William Jr. and Anthony were the first recorded non-operative maintenance in the area. William Jr. was given rights to all fur trading Nova Scotia um, after they left. French explorer uh, and it goes, <laughs> he's got a lot more there too, but you know, I, you know, that's, that's some James, we're going to have to, you know, you're the knowledge that you have on all this is, is, you know, vast as well. Um, but that's yeah, also connected. This is a great IDK. Yeah. This is yeah. going to have an IDK, I'm afraid, uh, but, because yeah, we're but, about out of time for tonight yeah. anyway. So, um, and Charles the first, of course, father of James the second. Yep. So it, it kind of all connects. And died painting. That was Judy Rudabush. Uh, has so I put a couple <laughs> of her comments up, unfortunately, on the Facebook side or on the, on the a lot uh, of comments. Uh, oh my God. StreamYard. It doesn't show uh, um, the names on there. But uh, Judy has put in some good comments here as well. Um, uh, you know, and you, so you see, like, like Colin had said earlier, you know, you can, you can talk about all who've been there. All who've come and gone and maybe drop something off, maybe pick something up. Uh, but who started it all? That that's the question. And that's the question that they're trying to solve to this day. <laughs> who started it? Is there a who common thread? This whole thing? That is there's there a, a common, common thread? thread. There is. There's a, there is a common thread. What 
common thread would, would be kind of sewing this whole thing up through all the generations? That's the question. Right. To me, it's what, the Templars moving into the different, uh, the evolution of the Templars going forward. Yes. What do you think? The Knights of Christ, the you know the the Malta Knights of Malta. I mean the Order of Christ, Knights of Malta, which would be two different. But yeah, and then they are they're two different, right? But but you have the Cistercians, the the Rosicrucians, the Masons, Freemasons, and it's one line of thought. That island is, in in my opinion, um, important in that line of thought. Very much so. Whatever's on that island is important to this ongoing line of thought and people involved in this line of thought. What yep. that line of thought is, um, well, you can start decoding it. You can go back to Jake Roberts and Bexonian Cypher and start decoding what some of that line of thought is. You know, it's for it's their club members. Yep. He is. Uh, I was just going, yeah, they're club members. Uh, James, James, they're calling for you. <laughs> yeah. So and we, you know, we were kind of, you know, Linda, uh, Linda, I know Linda, and I, well, I didn't get, I was talking to Linda. Linda was talking to, to Jim McQuiston, but talking to him and telling me, you know, we need to get you back on the show. I, he's got a, a, wealth of a book. I think he already, I, I can say that. Yeah. He's got the new book, but yeah. So uh, I'll let him explain that at some point here. But yeah, we got to get Jim. We got to get you back on the show sure. and court. Uh, this, this is really, really, really deep and interesting all at the same time. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a thing. You know, folks, when you bring up the chat, you know, and I can click on if you're on the Facebook side and you haven't clicked on that little uh, thing because of Facebook, Facebook has this little rule of their own. If you're on Twitch, if you're on YouTube, your name pops up. No problem. If you're on Facebook, you have to click on that little link and allow Streamyard to use your name and i forget it's over there it's on the facebook yeah. side so because i really want you to get acknowledged for your comment and so if you make that comment like linda did right here because she did it on the facebook side i mean it doesn't show her name but you you if you click on that then i get to we can actually have your name on there too because i really like you to get credit for the comments and the questions that you bring up and and or put a dash and put your name in it or, or you put your name, in. yeah, or you could do that too. You could put your name at the beginning your of your comment or question. Yep. yep. You know, that way we know. That's a good, that, thank you, John. That's a, that's a good idea as well. If you don't want to allow StreamYard to use your name, um, then yeah, you could do it that way. So, because we really, and again, that's why we enjoy doing this because we get your comments. And so, um, uh, it, it, we, I want you to be acknowledged for it, um, for sure, because hmm. that's, if I do my, I do my best to try to look over and get the name for you so I can put it up there. But uh, um, have they ever dated the plank Tony and Jack have found in the swamp? Oh, that old one from that big long one that they found a long time ago. Never heard anything about that. No, I don't, I don't know. think we've ever heard. I thought it was. I, I really thought. Was it? Um, <laughs> excuse me. I, I thought it was too. I can't remember what. Linda, it. do you remember what that? Remember that big long? It was like. 15 feet long or something like that, wasn't it? That big, yeah, long it was huge. Plank. It was a plank. Uh, wasn't it a ship plank? That they they think it is. They think it was a uh, piece of decking. So, yeah, Linda, if you could, rem I don't know. I, I don't remember if it was day. I think it was. I, I'm really hmm. pretty, pretty sure it was. Um, well, I think we should start a pool on the right? Facebook group of how many cans 
are going to be going in the ground. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Everybody take a guess. We're going to take a guess. We're going to put bets on this. How are we going to do this? <laughs> in, the next, right. in, in the next couple of episodes, it's going to start. The equipment right. is coming. They're rolling in. They're going to start putting cans in the ground. Is it one? Is it two? Is it three? Set up a Facebook poll. Facebook poll. It sounds like All right. Poll. You hear that? You hear that, Linda? We got to do a Facebook poll. Is Colin's calling for it. Uh, it's going to say, okay, how many 10-foot caissons did they put into the money pit in season nine? One, two, three, or four. You know they said they were going to try to do four. That's right. So, how, oh, somebody wants to know how much money. <laughs> oh, it's Judy. Judy Rudabush says how much money. She wants to know what you're going to win for. <laughs> we, definitely know, we definitely know they did one for sure. Yes. Definitely yes. a can in the ground. Is there more? Right. That's the that's and, the and we're not talking we're... about can on top of can. We're talking about separate holes that they put the cans into. That's so, right. Yeah. That's uh, right. Tom Byrne says one. Pam says three. Jan says two. We're so we're going to do the poll. We'll put the poll out on YouTube or on Facebook. Yeah. And and for those of you who are on YouTube that aren't in our Facebook group, you can join. It's uh it's the um, the Curse of Oak Island and Beyond facebook group you can come over and join we have to be admitted it's not one it's not open to the public yet it is a private group um, but everybody's welcome uh, we just ask that when you do so you are courteous um, it's okay to disagree with people but do it in a nice way um, don't slam people with your opinions and all that kind of stuff we try we are i mean i'm telling you linda and jan and tom burns are adamant about it be nice play nice so it's only a small group, isn't it, Jeff? Like, I don't know, 25,000. Yeah, we only got about 25,000 people <laughs> in there so far. But yeah, I, I forget what it's up to today. But yeah, it's yeah, it's it's grown leaps and bounds. It really has. But uh, um, but everybody participates. That's what's so cool about it, you know. And for the most part, everybody stays nice. Yeah. Like I said, it's okay to disagree. Just just be nice about it. It's you know, um, yeah, let's see. Link says StreamYard. Yeah, go there. Just two clicks. Yeah, Linda, and let me put that up there. So Linda said this. So all of you go to Facebook page and look at Jeff's uh, remarks at the top of the page. Uh, one of the links says StreamYard. Just go there. It's two clicks, and it allows to use your name then, and that's all it does. It doesn't. You don't yep. have. It doesn't ask you a bunch of information. It just allows for your name to be shown on YouTube when you're on the Facebook side. That's all. That's all yep. it does. Yep. Oh, it's it's harmless, uh, you know, and all that. It's just that way we can see who you are, and and I and you can get acknowledged for putting up your comment. That's that's why we want. Yep. Wow, guys, two hours. I tell you, Ooh, and, and we, you know, we could go so much deeper. But um, uh, <laughs> Barbara said, "Rats, all the all the bacon jokes went astray." Yeah, well, you know, um, <laughs> but thanks for a wonderful time informative show in germany 3 30 a.m have oh learned so much night jeff john cullen and dale wow and all the others that was uh probably Anne marie yeah Anne marie lickfield lickfeld thank you Anne marie i man she she stays up and watches the show every wednesday anyway thank you guys for coming by tonight and joining me i appreciate you so very much and giving your perspectives and your local perspectives and everything on there um wonderful i appreciate it and thanks everybody for showing up tonight for the chat we had 90 to 100 and some people showing up Ooh. all night long again uh great really enjoy all that we had what 170 comments just on the facebook side wow uh, it's been way more than that on on both sides but 
Uh, hey, if you uh, if you're out there on this YouTube side, click on that subscribe button for us. Uh, we really appreciate all the subscribers. It does help us out. And if you like the content, give us a thumbs up so we know how we're doing. Uh, and give us a comment. Let us know where you're from and all that kind of stuff in there. We really like that a lot. And we're going to put that poll up. We're going to get that poll going so you know we can see how many. I don't know what the prize is going to be. We'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> you figure you'll, that out. You'll, you'll get recognized. Yeah, we'll talk about, you know, once we find out for sure how many there was, your name will be plastered everywhere that you got it right. All right. There might be a bunch of you. Um, oh, thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate that. Super sticker. All right. Thank you so very much. And that's why we have our Patreon channel for those of you who'd like to help support the channel and make all this possible. It does have cost to it, but we really appreciate that all so very, very much. Thank you, Amy. That was very nice of you. Appreciate it. Um, all right. So don't forget tomorrow night, uh, Oak Island uh, and beyond, beyond Oak Island. <laughs> Yep. beyond oak island and we're gonna have um i forgot his name already robert robert westrick is going to be with us and sharing his information about the 1715 fleet so that's going to be a lot of fun so be here tomorrow night 7 30 right here same place same channel yep. we're going to have at her again and uh yeah we got some stuff sunday beyond our world and with court lindall all right yes thank you guys for being here appreciate you you guys have a great rest of your week and we will see you tomorrow night. All right. Bye-bye.